0: Blog talk radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at CoachAndrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893, and you'll be able to listen to the show on the phone. If you press the number 1, I'll know you have a question. We have a live chat room right on the show page, but you can also feel free to join in, post questions and comments, and listen in. My guest tonight is Richard Skipper. Richard is a popular, award-winning, and critically acclaimed entertainer, theater historian, writer, arts advocate, and publicist. Under the umbrella of Richard Skipper Celebrates, he has conducted over 700 interviews and has had over 1 million readers celebrating people in the arts. No stranger to Coach's Corner as a publicist, Richard is responsible for several of my conversations, including Julie Budd, Gretchen Reinhagen, and Sally Darling of the past six months. Richard makes his return to the live performance arena with Richard Skipper, celebrates as a live writing and talk show inspired by the great shows we grew up on. The show will celebrate May 25th on May 25th at the Triad Theater in Manhattan. Richard Skipper, are you with me?
1: I'm with you. What a great introduction, and thank you very much for that.
0: Oh, you very, very Thanks for very, giving
1: very me the welcome. platform to talk about this tonight.
0: I'm excited. This is a, a big platform, a big, uh, a big, a big to do, a big show, a really, a really big show, and I'm very excited to have you.
1: Well, I'm very excited. You know, this idea for this show has been something that's been mulling around in my brain for quite some time. Um, I took a break from performing for a long time, and during that time, I focused on my writing. As you know, I write a blog Mm -hmm. um, that has a huge readership that I'm proud to say. Um, I celebrate people in the arts. Um, I'm interested in what makes a person tick. How did... Tony Tennille, for example,
0: hmm. who is
1: my uh, most recent blog, uh, how did she get from point A to point uh, B and beyond? And, of course, she has a new book out, and we wanted to talk about that as well. So uh, all of those points were covered. I want to be the antidote to TMZ and reality television.
0: <laughs> oh, bless I don't you, know Richard. whose reality
1: that is, but <laughs> it's not my reality.
0: Yes.
1: And it's a negative reality. It's a negative reality. That's what's being put out into the world. That's what's being celebrated in every aspect of our entertainment media. It started with the TV shows.
2: You Mm -hmm. look at
1: comedies, for example. The comedies that you and I, I don't know how old you are. Maybe I'm older. I don't know. Uh, But uh, I'm a product of the 1960s and the 1970s. And I grew up With those comedies, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite channels now is Decades. Do you get this?
0: I do, as a matter of fact.
1: And uh, this weekend, you know, every weekend, for those listeners who don't know, they do what they call the Decades Binge. And they show as many of the shows that they can possibly fit into uh, a 48-hour time frame. And this weekend, they were showing The Mothers-In-Law.
2: Uh, the Mm. classic
1: sitcom with Kay Ballard Mm -hmm. and Eve Arden. I remember when those shows originally ran. Me
0: too. Uh,
1: And uh, and I was watching these shows last night, and uh, they're just situational comedies. And it's not really about put-down humor, it's not attacking each other, it's not any of those things, although, you know, uh, they're mothers-in-law, and with mothers-in-law, that's going to be part of the uh, paradigm that they're creating, but the that wasn't the crux of what the show was about. And when you think about what is out there on television today, and I'm talking about reality television,
0: oh.
1: every single show is about someone being kicked off the island, Mm -hmm. someone being fired, someone being ridiculed by the other people on the show. And I don't understand, number one, why this has seeped into our culture to the extent that it's seeped into Mm -hmm. our culture. Uh, And what example are we sending out to our kids? They have nothing. This is all that they are fed that's on right. a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, platform. Not only is it in uh, the TV shows that they watch; it's in the music they listen to. Mm-hmm. It's in, uh, you know, the most popular song that's out there right now is "Lemonade." And if you look at the lyrics, I mean, <laughs> enough. It's uh, you know, I, I, just look at the lyrics.
0: I can't bring myself. That, I really can't.
1: Well, it's you know I I saw the lyrics listed on uh, mm-hmm. on one of the internet pages, mm-hmm. and but that is what is being fed into our kids, and not only is it being fed through every aspect of our culture right now, it is actually seeped into our presidential election.
2: I was just and thinking And
1: that. that process, and I have never in my entire life we have. We have created this monster. That's right. And I want what I'm doing in my writing, in my onstage interviews, and especially with this new show and hopefully series that I'm doing, uh, I want to celebrate instead of putting each other down.
0: Well, you know, uh, Donald Trump's going to be picking uh, one of the Kardashians as a running
1: mate. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, everything he is doing, uh, you know, Les Moonves uh, said uh, just, you know, a a couple of months ago, uh, it may be horrible for our country, but it's great for our ratings. And that tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, Every time the man speaks, they want to put him on the air Mm -hmm. because the ratings do go up. This is a reality show that's being played out right before our very eyes, and the unfortunate thing, I hate to say this, is that most of the people in this country cannot tell the difference, and that's the sad state of affairs that we're in. I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. If you're a Republican, wear that banner proudly. Mm -hmm. If you're a Democrat, wear that banner proudly, but it doesn't give one free range to be a bully.
0: That's right. None
1: of it does. And take the high road instead of putting each other down.
0: Did you happen to watch? Uh, it was uh, recently somebody brought up an old um, uh, uh, debate between uh, Bush Sr. and Reagan. I think it was Bush Sr. and Reagan about um, uh, uh, immigration. So how are we going to handle this? Mm-hmm. And it was such a different i mean they, they were much they were reasonable they were measured uh, i and and that and these are the these we uh, the guys we lot some of us consider oh, those weren't the good guys though now they look like the good guys compared to do you know what i'm saying
1: i know exactly what you're saying but again you know i, I you know i hate to repeat myself and sound like a broken record but this is what our culture has turned into
0: yes well, and, and, and thankfully we have. I mean, I think that's why a, a lot of people, uh, like you, like me, we we have been turning to um, uh, the past, to a great extent. Like, how could we bring some of that back? Because are that was, what was good. Are you aware of
1: how many channels there are that show the older shows now? I've never seen so many. I mean, in addition to decades, which I mentioned earlier, sure. uh, you've got TV land. You've got uh, – I mean, when I'm channel surfing at night, I feel like I'm in a time warp because there are so many shows from the 50s and 60s that are being shown uh, continuously.
0: I was, uh, I was, I was engrossed in, in, on Facebook in the Donna Reed Show page and well, and they're all uh, do you there. remember her
1: you know it's exciting that they're all yeah. there of course. do i remember donna reed <laughs> of course i remember donna reed
0: and i i i am friendly with her daughter
1: uh, mary owen and
0: and it's a like, it's uh, it's so cool to be uh, uh, connected to that i mean that's she was like one of my tv moms
1: well she was for many people and there's so many out there that we can look up to instead of what's being fed to us on a daily basis right now on television
0: so um, I just want to you know, uh, get a little bit into uh, the the Richard Skipper story, because okay. you are a, a pretty fascinating guy. I, I only know you now uh, since sometime last year. Um, and we have 10,000 gazillion people in common, and I'm like, I, I, how did I not know you? And now <laughs>
1: I've, God i am know you really well. I believe that we're all connected. I truly do, yes. and I find that out on a daily basis.
0: It keeps on growing and growing and growing, and I am, uh, it's been, uh, you've, you've, by the way, you've really uh, added so much to my life.
1: Oh, uh, well, that means a lot professionally.
0: to me. so I want you to know Well, like
1: Dolly Levi, I put my hand in here, I twist a little, stir a little, him a little, her a little, shape a little, mold a little, some poor kid, chap gets sold a little. I, you know, that's, that makes me happy. Uh, with all of my clients that I work with, Um, you know, as a publicist, I mean, there there's so many things that we can talk about, but in just the past few years, um, I've stepped into that arena as a publicist, and I don't even think that that moniker really encapsulates what I do, because... uh, First and foremost, I am an entertainer. I -hmm. started out as an entertainer. Um, It's the very soul of who and what I'm all about. So when I work with a client, for example, um, I take on their... responsibilities um i want them to succeed you know I, I got a call today from someone and uh she's booked to do a show in a room coming up uh, in june and i hope she's not listening right now but i don't think she's ready i don't think and and it saddens me it saddens me that she's been booked in a room in new york she's not from new york she has no following here uh she her dreams and her goals are very very high with what she wants this show to do she's booked in the middle of july on an afternoon And the odds are just stacked against her, and Mm. I suggested to her when we spoke today uh, that it would probably be in her best interest to be able to do as many of the open mics in New York between now and then just to be seen and for people to know who she was. And she said that that was an impossibility. She lives in another state, Mm. and yet she's been booked into a major room in New York City, and she's not ready. But with each of my clients, every single client, I won't take a client, first of all, if I don't uh, 100% uh, believe in them. And I'm a fan. I, you know, I, I, love, I I, do something that very few press agents do, and that is that I go to all of their shows. Mm. I'm there. I won't take a client, for example, who is booked on the same night as another client. Uh, because I don't think it's fair to try to dissipate their audience. If I am hired by someone, my focus is solely on that person. I do everything in my power. I tell them from the very get-go that I am not a seat-filler, and I cannot even guarantee that I will get them any press. But what I will promise them, to be polite to you and your listeners, is (laughs) that I will work my took us off.
2: To make okay. sure
1: that they get those things. And I take – you know I, their focus, any entertainer that is booked in any room in New York City, and I call them entertainers, not performers for a reason. But mm-hmm. any entertainer that is booked in any room in New York City, their focus should be on one thing only, and that is the show. Their friends, their family, their fellow performers should absolutely know that they are appearing in those rooms. Right, And if they don't know, you know that's, that's the very basis. That's the foundation. There are different levels to creating an audience. And when I do a show, when I work with my clients, I always ask them when this is all over, what did you like best about what I did for you? What did you like least? What expectations did you have that I didn't meet for you? And they're going to be honest with me, I hope, because if they're not mm-hmm. honest with me, I'm going, to rec- I'm going to create the same mistakes over and over and over again. But I know what their needs are before they even ask me what their needs are. I know what they want. Every entertainer wants a sold-out house. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee, especially in today's world, where there are so many options that are available to everybody on a daily basis. Most people don't even have to leave their homes, and you know the metropolitan room. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. They stream, Mm -hmm. you know, they do live streaming of most of their shows.
0: I did not know that. What is
1: the incentive to get people out of their home to get to these rooms? We want to get them in those seats. A lot of people have asked me, getting back to the show that I'm doing on May 25th, if I'm going to be live streaming, and I said, if and only if. Every seat is taken in the theater. If people are not able to get the, into those seats, we're going to put it on concert window. Okay. But people at home will pay the same thing that people who came to see the show will have to pay. I'm not giving away the goods. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to uh, the other artist in the show, and it's definitely not fair to the people in the audience who have paid to see that show.
0: But don't you think that there's a, I mean, a usually different experience, in particular in the small room, to go to a place and have a, a live show as opposed to seeing a live show on a, on a computer or a, TV, or a Andrew, phone? Andrew, it's
1: not just the small rooms. It's, it's arenas. Uh-huh. It's concerts. It's every aspect of it. You know, Carol Channing, I'm going to drop some names for you. Okay. <laughs> Carol Channing once said that for a show to succeed – you need uh, a doctor, you need a lawyer, you need a housewife, you need a plumber, you need all these people from different professions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because everyone, you, you, know, you, will hear, you and I will hear the same song, and you and I are going to have a different reaction to that song. It may be that that song um, was your mom's favorite song and it's going to bring a tear to the eye.
0: Right.
1: Or perhaps it, it's going to evoke a memory that the person sitting on either side of you is not going to have. Even if it's a, a husband, a wife, a partner, they're not going to have the same experience watching a show that you do. But there's something universal in the material that we all can relate to, and that's the magic of live entertainment. It, it's not meant to be seen at home, watching something. And even if it's something that I've gone to um, and I've seen live and then it's been taped for air at a later time, sitting at home watching it, I know that I've had the experience of being in that audience and all all that that encompasses. And for me, and you know this because you've been to many shows with me, Mm -hmm. it's not just about me showing up and seeing the show it's about the social aspect also
0: of course i
1: bring my friends along and mm-hmm. and you know and then a lot of times we go out to dinner afterwards and we make it a social occasion get out of the house
0: That's go right. out there and
1: experience what live entertainment was meant to be
0: and we we're very lucky you know you you and i to to be living in 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 new york city because not every or in in any kind of a city where we have a very Delicious, uh, you know, so uh, 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 a circuit of music and comedy and and entertainment that that you can go to.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've always said that if anyone in the state, in the in the city of New York, within a certain radius, if anyone is bored,
2: <laughs>
1: there's something wrong. There's absolutely something wrong. Because we have so many options on every given day. Uh, You know, right now, tonight, uh, there is a big celebration at uh, the Metropolitan Room, uh, celebrating their 10th anniversary. I would have loved to have been there. uh, But, you know, with my clients and with the schedule that I keep, it's impossible uh, for me to be out every single night of the week. And okay. I could very easily be out every single night of the week. Uh, but I am out most nights seeing a show. Mostly mm-hmm. my clients, I'm there for their shows. And I try to see as many other shows as possible. Uh, writing a blog and doing on stage interviews and everything has afforded me the opportunity to be asked to go and see a lot of material. You know, I get uh, requests today. Hey, there's a a wonderful theater here in Rockland County, where I live, called Penguin Rep in Stony Point. And they have a new show opening called The Immigrant. And uh, I was asked uh, if I could come in and see the show and write about it. And I am so busy, the time frame that this show is running, that – you know, it's virtually impossible for me to do that. But I said I would be more than happy to interview the playwright or anyone connected with the production, you know, to help get the word out. Because we're all in this together. Absolutely. If we don't support each other, it's going to disappear. Business is closed because people don't support it. It behooves all of us to do that.
0: You know, I, mean, I was just thinking when you were talking before about, you know, going to a live show and then, you know, the social aspect – um, many years ago, I went to see at the old Failure Theater, uh, the movie theater. Um, oh, I
1: used to go there all the time.
0: Great theater! It so, uh, had a, the Bob Hope movie, Son of Paleface, which I, you know, I'd seen a million times on TV. Uh, and, uh, and seeing the exact same movie in in a live movie theater with a live audience, it was. I can't t- tell you how t- it was a thousand times funnier than I remember seeing it. Everybody was dying laughing. And it was that thing that happens when you're, when you're laughing together or you're experiencing together. Well, you know, together. it's very
1: funny. Um, a couple of days ago I was interviewing uh, Mark Rosen, who has a new wonderful book out called Rubbing Shoulders. And for those listeners who don't know who Mark Rosen is, uh, you know, he's a, you know, a very successful man in his own right. But he also happens to be married to Arlene Dahl. And he tells this wonderful story that Arlene, who was in uh, Cyrano de Bergerac uh, with Jose Ferrer on Broadway, uh, was stated to do the movie. And It was going to be this great Technicolor movie, and of course she had this gorgeous red hair that was made for Technicolor. Mm-hmm. And um, she was going to be loaned from MGM to Columbia Pictures to do the film. And when Columbia Pictures sent over the contract to Louis B. Mayer uh, for the film to be uh, – uh, for her to be moved, moved over – There was at that time a television clause because if performers appeared – performers could not even appear on television to promote their films because they thought at that time that it was going to destroy the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you and I both know, that did not happen because people do want to go out and they want to experience movies with other people. Mm Mm-hmm people should join in to do this together. And there's nothing more fun than going out with your friends to see a movie and then going out, you know, afterwards and talking about what you've just experienced. Or a Broadway show, mm-hmm. or a cabaret show, or a concert, or any of those things. You know, get your friends together, go as a group, make it a night out.
0: Absolutely. So, I would um just also, uh, I would like to hear a little bit about the 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 entertainment side of you, because a lot of people don't know about that who are listening, and uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background as a performer.
1: Well, I grew up in Conway, South Carolina. Um, when I I knew from a very early age. Uh, that I wanted to be in this business. Again, I grew up watching television variety shows and television specials. That was the world that I wanted to be a part of. Uh, but <laughs> when I got to New York, that world was way on its way out. Uh, I came to New York in 1979, but backing up for a moment, I started working in my hometown theater, the Theater of the Republic. And there was a wonderful woman in my hometown by the name of Florence Epps, and she became my mentor, and Miss Epps used to tell me, uh, you know, I would go to her home. She had a little playhouse in her backyard, and uh, I would go to her house uh, every uh, Wednesday and Thursday afternoon, and we would do elocution lessons because I had a southern accent that you could cut with a knife. Uh, We would study the classics. We would study these great entertainers, and if we were having a, a lesson and a name would pop up, uh, for example, just throw me out a classic name from uh, from old-time Hollywood.
0: Uh, male or female?
1: Anybody, it doesn't matter. Uh,
0: Clark Gable.
1: Clark Gable. So let's say the, uh, Ms. Epps and I are having a, a, a session, and, uh, and the name Clark Gable came up. She would ask me to name three significant things that he did in his career. And if I didn't have the answer, she would close the book and she would say, our class is over. I will see you next week, same time. Go to the library and look these people up. And in those days, I didn't have the luxury of Google and social media to look things up. So I would go to the library. I know exactly, to this day I can see in my mind's eye, because i did this so many times, I would go to the theater section of the library, and I would look in the index of every book to see, you know, what I could read about Clark Gable, for example. And you have to understand you know, we're talking the time frame that we're looking at is 1974, 1975, 1976 when I was really start, you know, acting in my community theater. I was pursuing um, I wanted to pursue a career. I made up my mind that I was going to move to New York when I graduated from high school, which I did. And because of the movie That's Entertainment, which came out in 1974, there was a whole nostalgia craze. So all these biographies and all of these autobiographies were popping out on an alarming rate. So I was able to really go and study who these people were. And I read everything. I would come home with almost like a, a laundry basket. Of books, and my, my parents would say, How are you going to read all those books? And I didn't have to read all of those books, but I would study, you know, I would look through the index, and I would read as much as I could about all these people that Ms. Epps wanted me to learn about. And the reason for that, she told me that every time that I stepped on a stage, that I was carrying with me the mantle of every great entertainer, entertainer that had gone before me, and that it was necessary that I respect those people that I know that they paved the way for the career that I wanted to pursue and that I would do this. And I, you know, and from 1974 until 1979, when I moved to New York, I went and met with her every Wednesday and Thursday afternoon. And the thing is that I made up my mind that I was going to move to New York on August 5, 1979. I came to New York on that very day with $500 in my pocket. I didn't mm. know anyone. I had never flown before. I had never slept in another bed other than staying at my grandparents' house. I did not have uh, world experience uh, because I lived a fairly sheltered life uh, growing up in South Carolina. And – This was something that I knew that I wanted to do, and I went after it. And luckily for me, when I arrived in New York in 1979, if you can picture what that world was like at that point, um, there were a lot of theaters that did showcases. There were a lot of uh, off, 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 (laughs) off, off Broadway theaters, and I worked all the time. The unfortunate thing was that because of Reaganomics, um, funding for the arts was cut. Uh, mm-hmm. And all these theaters started to fold, and because I did, you know, I did the summer stock route. I went, uh, I did touring companies. I did all of those things, and options started to dry up for me. And I was trying to figure out what would be the next step in my career, and I went to a career coach. And you weren't around at the time, Andrew. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, But I went to a career coach, and she suggested that I create my own show. And so I, my first cabaret show in New York was uh, in 1995 at Don't Tell Mama. And believe it or not, (laughs) I was performing as Judy Garland. And, uh, you know, most uh, men who start in cabaret end up doing that. Uh, But I started out as uh, Judy Garland, Uh and uh, the... Unfortunate, fortunate thing about that time, because I believe that everything that happens uh, happens for a reason. Um, There is a very well-known, wonderful entertainer in the cabaret community who's still doing it, named Tommy Femia. And he does a phenomenal Judy Garland. But we were starting out at the same time. And because – I mean, the interesting thing was the way that we approached where we were going to go with with Judy – While I was on the road perfecting what I was doing, he was appearing at every open mic in New York and getting up at clubs and parties and things like this. And so by the time he made up his mind that this is what he was going to do, he had a following. And I could not break that wall down. And that – by not doing that and then somehow – and that's another long story and you'll read in my memoirs someday, but uh, it led to me – Performing as Carol Channing, and I performed all over the world as Carol for twenty years wow. and Then, as I jokingly told someone, I got too old to play the part, <laughs> so it was time to hang that uh, gown up and and move on after carol 's husband Harry died. And it was just interesting I was looking at my calendar today, and tomorrow marks the anniversary that Carol Channing and Harry Collegian, who was her high school sweetheart. Uh, had gotten married, and when he passed away, the spark went out for me and i ah. didn 't feel that I really wanted to do it anymore and yeah. uh and uh you know, and all of the And then, uh, you know, several years ago, uh, Lucy Arnaz was doing her show at the Carlisle, and she asked if I would help in terms of building up a buzz and an audience for her, and I did that, and thank God she was happy with what I did. And one thing led to the next, and here we are tonight with where we are and what's coming up next in my world.
0: Uh, and by the way, I really, I, 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 I wonder if you could possibly uh, open up a little bit for me the mystery. I guess I, I personally don't understand the, the, uh, the, the whole Judy Garland thing.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know how to describe this as a mystery. I mean, the fact is that well, it, well, uh, you know,
0: there, there are a lot of like men who do Judy Garland shows. That there is a certain um, a fascination with her, but in, in in a certain part of the community. Uh, but I, I, I've, I mean, I love Judy Garland. But I mean, there's a certain, I'm, I, 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 there's something. But you know,
1: it's not just Judy Garland. I mean, there are many yeah. men out there who perform as Beyonce. There are many men that Dude, perform as Cher. That. You know, uh, an impersonator. I know impersonator. About
0: share. I, sh- I know, but the sh- Like, I, I don't like. Are there any? Are there women who do Judy Garland? Oh, and, yeah. And if I sound oh, like absolutely. an idiot, I, I apologize. It, no, no, no. It, that's no, what there I hear
1: I mean, J- Julie Shepard, uh, she did a show at Don't Tell Mommy years ago called Julie, Julie, Julie. Um, it, that's what she called it. Uh, she never referred to herself as Judy Garland, interestingly. I mean, she, I mean, she was known as being a Judy Garland um, impersonator, mm-hmm. but she was not an impersonator. She embodied Judy Garland. When I saw Julie Shepard perform as Judy Garland... I felt like I had actually seen Judy Garland perform live more than any other performer. Uh, she is absolutely the best at what she does. Um, I know uh, uh, there is another woman named Rebecca Lilly, and she had a show that ran for a while. And of course, when they did The Boy from Oz on Broadway, it was Isabel Keating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if one of your listeners can let us know, I cannot remember the name of the actress who did the, uh, I think it was called The Other Side of the Rainbow that was on Broadway a couple of years ago. Um, but no, there have been many women who have performed as Judy Garland. I think that the bottom line is that people gravitate... You know what you like and you know what you don't like. Yeah. And sure. you're going to gravitate to that that you like. And i there's no other way for me to describe it. To me, it's not a mystery. Um, uh, I mean... Th- it takes a huge dedication if you're going to take that leap of faith and try to present yourself as Judy Garland on stage, because I don't care who you are, any of the names that I've just mentioned, and Jim Bailey, who you know, if you ha- if you're not familiar with Jim Bailey, yeah, I remember. Uh, looked, him sure. yeah, he was the best. I, the first time I saw Jim Bailey, and that image is still so stuck in my brain, was when he did the Ed Sullivan Show, and this was shortly after Judy had died. And he came out and did Get Happy. And it's on YouTube. Uh, and you thought that you were seeing Judy Garland.
0: People uh, yeah.
1: thought that they were showing an old clip of Judy Garland. Because I that saw that it really live,
0: me. I think. I'm pretty sure I saw that when it was on.
1: And I, uh, I, I did. I saw it when it was live. And I also was lucky enough to see Jim Bailey on more than one occasion uh, perform live. And he, uh, you know, even though... Judy was 47 when she passed away. And Jim Bailey did it until his 60s. He passed away uh last year, and he was still doing it until he passed away, and he gave that wonderful uh it was it was ageless. It, it, you know, if you're good at what you do, um the audiences are going to love it. Uh, you know, doing impersonation a lot of people really don't take it that seriously sure. because if a person is that great at what they do, the audience does not see the hard work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. But when I did when I did Carol, for example, and Carol was the show that I've had the most success with, when I was performing as Carol Channing, I always said that my audiences were made up of three groups of people, the Richard Skipper fans, the Carol Channing fans, and mm-hmm. the Curiosity Seekers. mm and it's one thing to walk out on stage and to look like Carol Channing, to sound like Carol Channing, but are you going to be able to sustain that for an hour, an hour and a half, or two hours with an intermission? Which And I did all three of those.
0: That's amazing. I really wish I could have seen that.
1: Well, you know, I think some of the clips are still on YouTube, so okay. you can go and look at them. I,
0: I, will, I will take a look. But now, but you are uh, coming back to uh, performing
2: mm-hmm. in, in
0: summer. So now, what what will you be performing? What type of thing are you going to be doing um, when you bring back performing?
1: Well, I am going to be performing. A lot of people have been asking me, are you singing in the show? And yes, I'm singing. And I throw a lot of parties at my home uh, where people stand around the piano and they sing. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, when I do that, thank God, these are my friends. I won't say mad though. Uh, they, I seem to get a great response from everyone, and um, and I want to bring that feeling to this show. Um, I sent an email out today to my entire cast, and I want to talk about the cast for a moment before we run out of Absolutely. time. Uh, but I sent an email to all of my cast members today, and I said, think that you're going to a party. And I want... This to be like, Mame Dennis is throwing a big, elegant party. I want you all to dress to impress. Um, we've got a colored theme where I've asked everyone to uh, wear that color or some aspect of that color in the show, because visually I want the show to have a certain look, um, and I want the audience. It's But it's not going to be... And as I think I said to you at the beginning of this conversation I don't know if it was in the pre-interview or during the show but I want to give I want to celebrate the entertainers that are on the stage. I want to share we are celebrating uh, and you've talked about this at the beginning of the show, May 25th. That happens to be the date that we booked the show. So I asked all of the entertainers that are in the show to do a little research what happened on May 25th. Who was born on May 25th? Mm-hmm. Um, who passed away on May 25th? What world events took place on May 25th? Uh, and let's celebrate all of those things in the show. So not only will I be share uh, Because I want to say that every single day of our lives is a, is a gift. And there are yeah. gems that are within each day that we should celebrate. So each of... Those things that have happened on this date will be celebrated. The artists that are celebrating each of these aspects of May 25th are going to be celebrated. Because rather than just introducing each of these artists, having them come on stage, do a number or two, and leave the stage, I'm going to sit and chat with them. I want the audience to know who they are, Um, given the time frame. The show is a 90-minute show without an intermission. Um, And then we've got a special surprise mystery guest, which I got up the idea from watching What's My Line one night. And the the mystery (laughs) guest came out, and I thought, wow, what a great idea to put this into a show. And I've – My mystery guest, I won't say whether it's a male or female, Mm -hmm. Uh, they've been sworn to secrecy. Um, If they have friends, obviously, that they want to know about the show, to tell their friends to be sworn to secrecy as well. It hasn't leaked out so far Mm -hmm. who the mystery guest will be. But the audience will have to be there to find out who this mystery guest will be. And that mystery guest will be showcased um, in a a 15-minute segment. Um, One of our uh, entertainers is Carol Demas who was the original Sandy on Broadway in Greece. Um, She was in the original production of The Baker's Wife. It's a long story. Mm -hmm. Um, She used to do uh, The Magic Garden on Channel 11. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, wow, yeah.
1: That was Carol Demas. And the next day, the 26th, is her birthday. So... I think it was back in January, uh, either December or January, we were having dinner at her home, and we were just talking, and I said, when's your birthday? And she said, May 26th. And I went, oh, my God, I'm doing this show on the 25th. I want you to be my guest. Now, the interesting thing is that Carol is doing um, Ray Katona Bennett, who is another phenomenal entertainer, and is – Basically, that night, my competition, she's doing the Tudor City Greens um, in Tudor Park. And Carol is one of the entertainers in that show. And then after that, Carol is going to book it up to uh, do our show. She's going to have no rehearsal or anything. She's just going to come in and do it. We're going to celebrate her a little bit because it's her birthday. And then I have Christopher Lowe who won the Mac Award this year, Mac for those listeners who don't know is the Manhattan Association of Cabarets and Clubs. And Christopher Lowe is um, he won the Mac Award for best male vocalist of the year and he is going to be performing in the show. Um, he, you know, he does a very haunting as if we never said goodbye. And I thought, when I heard this song on YouTube, because he was trying to think, what will I do, what will I do, I thought, what a great way to show, you know, images and clips of those people that transitioned on May 25th. And have him sing over over that. So I think that's going to be a nice touch to the evening. Uh, Carolyn Montgomery Ferrant, uh, who also won a Mac Award this year as a songwriter, which is a new category for her, and she's going to be celebrating Kitty Callan, who was born on this day. Little things mean a lot. Mm. Um, Gretchen Reinhagen, who has been on your show, is also in the show. And Gretchen Reinhagen is going to be celebrating not only Kitty Callen, but Leslie Uggams, who was also born on the 25th. Now, I contacted Leslie and asked her to do the show, but her husband's taking her out for a special birthday celebration that evening. Can you believe this? I Um,
0: can't believe the noise.
1: Yeah, the noise. Um, Adam B. Shapiro is going to be... uh, in the show, uh, Leslie Orfino, Wendy Sherl, who I just, you know, uh, did the PR for her uh, mm-hmm. recent shows. She's a phenomenal talent. I fell in love with her and asked her to do this. Uh, Carol um, who appeared with Beverly Sills and Beverly Sills, it's her birthday we're going to be celebrating that and she's accompanied by Larry Woodard and then we have a mystery guest as i mentioned before and uh it's all going to be tied together into a nice little package and uh the the audience uh will hopefully love what they're seeing
0: well, i i i love it already it sounds amazing
1: well i hope so uh, i mean i don't think anything like this has ever been done before and uh, I mean people have done tribute shows and mm-hmm. all of those things, but uh there's just so much out there, and there's so much that we could have done. We can do uh several may twenty fifth shows um and uh with each of the uh, with some there were some that people that I reached out to based on things that I had seen and heard as you know, I worked with Gretchen Rehagen, yes. so I reached out to Gretchen. Because, and all of these names that I just mentioned, by the way, everyone can Google them, they can look them up on the Internet, go to richardskipper.com to read more about the show and to see those things. But Gretchen, in her recent cabaret series, uh, Reinhagen Redux, which was nominated for a MAC Award this year as well, which I was very excited about, uh, but one of the songs that she did was My Own Morning, which Leslie Uggam sang in Hallelujah Baby, which she won a Tony Award for, and I called her and asked if she would do this, and then she mentioned another song that she does, which I also love, and I said, perfect. So with some of the entertainers that we have in the show, I asked them to go out and just Google May 25th, read up on who was born that day, who passed away on that day, special events that happened that day, and choose what material you would like to do. And that's how I found – that's how I basically have been shaping and putting this show together.
0: So you know, If you had a dream date besides this one like, to do in the future, is there like a dream, a, oh, I'd love to do it? Just this date is so amazing.
1: Absolutely. February 11th. Por That was the day I was born.
0: Oh, I should have guessed that.
1: <laughs> and there's so many other Burt Reynolds was born on that day. We could do things from oh. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas or at Long Last Love. I mean there's so much that you can do. I mean the, the spectrum if people put on and this is something else that I want. I want every artist that is in this show to be as proactive as they can possibly be. I've asked them all to do a little research on the people that they will be celebrating so that we can impart that information with the audience and uh you know there're going to be some surprises as well that evening uh so you never know what is going to happen at this show um i've got my framework for the, what i want the show to be but all the other areas that are within that framework anything could happen and possibly will
0: that that sounds amazing. You know, I, I, I see that there are a couple of callers, but I don't see that there's a question, so I, they may just be listening. So I don't want to uh, surprise somebody. Well, put them on somebody. the air. I do, like, let's see. We have, uh, we have somebody calling from the 702.
1: Well, take it. Area code. I think code, I know who that is. And
0: somebody from the 818 area code.
1: Well, take the 702. That's the first let's one take
0: numerically. The seven, so if you're calling from the 702, I'm about to put you – on the air, so I hope you're paying attention. Let's see. Hello?
2: Hello? Hi.
0: Hi. Hi, Richard.
1: Oh, my God, I know who it is. It's Carly. <laughs> it's Carly <gasps> Ozard. Carly is a phenomenal entertainer.
0: Oh, I know and, Carly. And much as I
1: love her. Hasn't Carly been on your show?
0: No, not yet.
1: <laughs> Carly is um, phenomenal. For all everyone who's listening out there, are you still in San Francisco, Carly? This isn't Carly, but... Oh, I know who this is, Jamie. You sound just like my friend Carly. Hi, it's Jamie. How are you? Jamie, I don't know I Jamie. I am so wonderful. How are you? Jamie and I have a very unique connection because we both, first of all, uh, we both loved the 1965 version of Cinderella. As far as we're concerned, that's the only version.
0: I agree. And that's with
1: Leslie Ann yes, Warren. Indeed. Yes. And since I've got Jamie on the show, Jamie, tell them the story about you and Leslie Ann Warren. Really?
2: Yes. Um. Okay. I. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. I'm 28 years old. I live in Las Vegas. A bit of background information. Um, I grew up uh, loving the uh, version of Cinderella that was Leslie's version. That's my mom's favorite, favorite thing in the world. And
1: um, (laughs) you're going to make me cry, Richard. Don't make me cry. No, no, well, Um, it's a great story. um, Should I tell the story? Okay, yes. I I was very lucky to interview (laughs) Leslie Ann Warren a couple of years ago uh, when uh, Shout Which is a production company released the latest version. I mean, they released um, a uh, high definition version of Cinderella, and you know, I posted that you know that I'd interviewed her and everything. And Jamie uh, told me this story about her mom and her love and her love for this. And I put them in touch with Leslie Ann Warren, and they met Leslie Ann Warren. She met with them. (laughs) Wow. And uh, and Leslie has actually kept in touch with Jamie, which I think is just a wonderful story. See, that goes back to what we said earlier. I feel like Dolly Levi when I'm putting, um, uh, you know my, uh, you know, and um, oh, uh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Um, Jamie, we have to go. Yeah. Um, um, let me. I've got Jackie Joseph is on the line. I think she's calling from California. Can we take Jackie okay. Joseph's call? Her yes, husband produced Cinderella.
0: <laughs> yes, you
1: can. Yeah, so, Jamie, we're going to say goodbye to you, and we're going to take okay, pick the you... 818 num- uh, call. Oh, uh, okay. I think that's Jackie Joseph. You think so? I think What's so. The... Is that California?
0: It is California, but I know there's at least one California friend that I uh, that might be calling and What's the last number?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: Okay. How many well, people
1: are on hold?
0: Just one other.
1: Well, take the Jackie. Jo- uh, see if it's
0: okay. Jackie. Joseph. Okay, Jamie, I'm putting you back on uh, on hold.
1: We'll come back okay. to you. J- uh,
0: okay, well, I'm trying to. How do I do this? Oh, oops, I hit the wrong button. I love technology. Okay. Oh another, another person just called in. Five six one just called in. Eight one eight. Would you like to say hello?
2: I have been waiting to say hello. Oh, my God, it's Jackie Joseph. I love you so much. Oh, my dear. You know, I I called right away, and I was just eager to tell you that I think it's a good idea that we cancel my July engagement that we had. I don't think it would be good for either of us.
1: Now, why is that?
2: Because no one will come and it will be an empty theater.
1: <laughs> Jackie, you'll never have an empty theater.
2: I'm kidding. I I Oh I, good. I told people that I was the person you didn't want to be listening. But uh, it it's very interesting hearing about you, Richard, things that I I really didn't know before.
1: Well, there's so much to me. <laughs> yeah. But your husband produced the Cinderella?
2: He did. He did. It, it was a while back. But uh, I do, I too think it's a wonderful version of the show. And um, I, I'll try to think of uh, one interesting story that he told me. Uh, do you know who was originally cast as Prince Charming?
1: I do. I do. And do you want to and share it, that story?
2: Well, uh, do you think it would be Bad Manners?
1: No, well, there's a reason, and you 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 tell your story, and I will give the background so that it will not be bad manners.
2: Okay. He was told by one of the composers um, who was still living uh, that he may be a very nice singer, but he was an impossibly difficult uh, actor. And this is well, a very good friend of mine.
1: Yeah, and mine, too. I'm going <laughs> to...
0: Oh, now <laughs> you, you got to carry
1: curious. People will have to go in and search my blog, because Leslie Ann Warren told this story. And it was a very well-known singer who's still with us and still singing beautifully. And the composer, uh, of course, was Richard Rogers. Mm-hmm. And Richard yeah. Rogers... Um, the problem with Richard Rogers, and not that it was a problem, but he was a stickler for the way he wanted his music to be heard mm-hmm. and ah. he felt that this particular singer was too much of a nightclub singer, and he was trying to conform him into something that he truly wasn't oh, uh, yeah, but... that's
2: a much better story than mine. <laughs>
1: But he, it paved the way for Stuart Damon to come in and do the show. And Stuart That's Damon, true. to me, was a perfect prince for this. That's the one that I grew up with. That's the one that I watched year after year after year after Alan after Quartermain.
0: I always think of him as Alan Quartermain.
1: Well, I always think of him as Prince Charming.
0: Yes, well, he was both. Yes. He was the head of the Quartermain well, clan and the, and the Prince Charming. And
2: now you are charming. Uh, and by the way, hello to the gentleman that you're working with right now.
0: Hello, I'm delighted well, to to have you again. Uh, uh, you should have Jackie on season. the show
1: sometime if she would love to do the show because she's a wonderful interview.
0: I would be delighted. I I, I, I this is very exciting. Thanks, the, the, just that you are even connected to this. Uh, to, that, I watched that show just last year. Um, uh, I had found it online and after somebody was talking about it, and this is before I met Richard, and somebody was saying, "Oh, I I wish I could find that show." I killed to see that show, and she had found a very scratchy, horrible thing, and I found this link for her, and she went out of her mind, and then, of course, I watched it about three times.
2: Well, you know, it's very interesting, because as I
1: mentioned, you know, I was very fortunate to interview Leslie Ann Warren, and she's remained in touch, and she's just Mm. the sweetest, nicest person. I was lucky enough to be very good friends with Celeste Holm, and I've become friends with Pat Carroll, who just had a birthday last week, so uh, there's my, you know, it's who?
2: you are covering all the bases.
1: I'm covering all the bases, and as a kid
2: growing up, well,
1: like you, Jackie, you know, I, I I watched Jackie on the Doris Day show, and I watched Jackie, you know, and Jackie. We talked about this when I interviewed you. Jackie did one episode of the Andy Griffith show, and that episode is so indelible in our memories that people think that she did many episodes.
0: Oh, which one? Which one?
2: Oh, uh, it, was, uh, it was My Fair Ernest T. Bass is the name. And it was uh, when the wonderful Howard Moritz, who played Ernest T. Bass, mm-hmm. uh, uh, was groomed to try and be an appropriate person because he really was a wretched creature out of the woods and threw cans at people. But uh, Andy and uh, Don, um, of course, and their characters, tried to make him appropriate to go to a party. And so he went and he found me, a little wallflower, and we were amazingly attracted to each other. I
0: I saw (laughs) that. I I saw that within the last two months.
1: Oh, it, I look for it nightly uh, because I I can never get tired of that one episode. And of course, uh, you know, for your listeners out there, Jackie is the original Audrey in the original Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Wow! You mean the movie?
1: The black and white, uh, you know, the, with Jack Nicholson. Oh Nimbleton. my
0: God!
1: Wow! Hey.
0: I didn't <laughs> impress my daughter. Wow! So you worked with Roger Herman. Oh,
1: Oh, I love Jackie so much.
0: Oh, my God. Okay.
1: There's a for I'm asking a, you
0: in advance. Please I, be my guest on
2: my show.
1: <laughs> and, Jackie, before you go, I have to state, you know, we have to talk about all the work you do for the animals.
2: Thank you, dear. You know, Richard, uh, you were so kind to do a show uh with me interviewing me, and, and it was so great, at the Metropolitan Room a couple of years ago. And, and you donated the proceeds to Actors and Others for Animals, which has been a group that Doris Day and I started over, over way over 40 years ago. And we're still going strong, and I thank you so much for that. And I, I'll just be quick and tell everybody to spay and neuter their dogs. And, and before you go,
1: Jackie, one more thing: tell people how they can get involved with Actors and Others for Animals.
2: They could go on Facebook or just on the internet and and uh, Google Actors and Others for Animals, and it'll pop up. And and I hope you're inspired to uh, to help the animals. And, Absolutely. Um, Oh, and as soon as fishy. you said
0: that animals, I and I, I thought I thought of Doris Day, and of, and and I, so I'm not surprised at all that that you did that together.
2: Well, I you know I was just up at her birthday party uh, last month, and oh, uh, lucky you. she's just hysterical. She's terrific.
0: I we'll was listening to her Please earlier go. today, and she is. Uh, uh, by far, one of the I, I, She's really, actually, one of the most underrated singers in a lot of ways because I think she is a, a, one of the best uh, singers of, of 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 the great songs really? uh, of all time. I, I love listen. I can listen underrated. to her all day.
2: I mean, she she's been considered one of the the biggest sellers of all times, one of the famous singers of all times, and she still is selling more records than ever all over the world. I miss the tour every day. Really? And
0: I want to, there's this, there's this German uh, collection of, like, everything yes. that she ever did. I've been wanting to get a hold of that. It's a lot of money.
2: Oh, really? Well, you, yes. you know, uh, her, her parents are from Germany. And, yes. and there are people from Germany that came over uh, to Carmel to celebrate her birthday. I mean, it's, it's a worldwide... Uh, wonderful bunch of fans Uh, are you in carmel i no i went up there for her birthday
0: oh okay i have a friend
2: who runs a doggy day
1: spa in carmel
2: and i stayed (laughs) at the cypress Inn, which is her
1: hotel when i was in uh, uh, carmel
2: yeah, wonderful. isn't that fun to see, uh, be in a lounge with people and their dogs? Or-
1: <laughs> you know, I said, we joke about this because we had a Yorkie at the time. His name was Chip. And yeah. we always joke that he had a wonderful time until he realized that he was not the only dog there. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, it was the lap of luxury there. He just had a wonderful time.
2: It's so cute. And, you know, Richard... When when you did that little show for me, you had a film clip with some clips i would never seen. One one singing and dancing with Bert Convy and my ex husband Ken Barry. And it was so cute. If if you could dig that out of your I will send uh, that
1: to you. Uh can I post it on your wall on Facebook, do you mind? No. Okay, I'll post I, I, it for I, you.
2: you. I'm gonna post it when it. I
1: get off the uh, when we finish the show tonight.
2: And may I leave with my apologies to Jamie. I'm sure she's got some more good stories, Jamie.
1: <laughs> well, I did want to. I know that you were on hold when you sent me the uh, instant message, thank God for Facebook, and I didn't want to keep you waiting any longer. And, Jamie, I love you. You know that.
2: I'm going to go make dinner now.
1: Okay. Have a great night, home. Jackie, and I love you. Thank you, Jackie. You too. Thank you.
2: thank you. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Do we have time for one more call?
0: Uh, we do. Who who do Let's we have? Let's take another call. We have. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice. That was like a surprise. So there is a caller c- calling in from the five six one area code. I always like to give a warning. They they must have gotten rid of the hand thing because it hasn't appeared at all. So oh, I
1: um, think I know who this is.
0: Oh, so five six one. I'm gonna I'm gonna if I can.
1: It's my sister this. from another mother, and you know who this is too. I think.
0: Oh, uh, do you mean sister from another mister? It should be.
1: Well, see, either please. or. <laughs>
0: you got to rhyme <laughs> it.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Oh, I only got ninety seconds left, and that's, okay. well, it's not responding. Quick, Unfortunately, for whatever reason, my. It, uh, wait. Nope. I can't get it to. Resp- it, I can't get the uh, the mute to come off of this line. So well, we only oh, have you know, ninety can, seconds. Yeah, the, the my on air thing is lying to me. So I'm going to say uh, I have to say thank you so much, Richard. For, well, for, for tell the everybody to go to richardskipper.com
1: show. and order tickets for the 25th. It's going to be a surprise, like Jackie Joseph popping in here. You never know who's going to be in the audience either.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I will be there. And, I know. And, I'm and, so excited. And uh, the link. There are links on my page. If you uh, if you didn't hear any of that, I have links for the for for Richard's blog, for directly for the tickets uh, at the Triad Theater. And uh, again, I would lo- really love to thank you for having a most amazingly entertaining hour. I wish we had more time, which is always a great sign when that happens.
1: I love you. Thank you for uh, doing that. I this love tonight. you too, buddy. Okay, I'll thank see you. you
0: soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.